The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back in the building again. Mike Jones, John Brown for another episode of Offense, Defense, and Discourse. Mm. How was your Thanksgiving? I ate a lot. Yes, you did. I I ate a lot. Mm-hmm. I ate good. Oh, yeah. And let's see me, honestly, most holidays don't do a whole lot for me. So I usually look at them as days I have time to get stuff done. Okay. Like, yeah, everybody's off doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. I can get stuff done today. Like what? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, paint the house. You painted your house over Thanksgiving break. Yes. When I look at the the holiday break, I also look at it as stuff to get done. Like eating. (laughs) That's stuff to get done. Oh, there was a lot of that too. There's leftovers to finish. No, that that definitely happened. There's 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 drink to drink. That happened as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was no house painting. In fact, all the stuff that like like domestic work and like housework, honeydew list type stuff that I had before the Thanksgiving weekend came, still there. But see, you have kids. Yes. Yes. So, so for you, when when the break happens, the kids are home. Yeah, they are. I don't have kids. That is true. So for me, when that stuff happens, everybody leaves me alone because they're off with their kids and stuff. That's true because I didn't talk to you that whole break. We did we did a show earlier that week. Mm-hmm. You know, broke it all down. Thanksgiving. And then I didn't, this is the first time I've seen you and, since. Yeah. First time I've seen you, first time I've talked to you. I like that time to myself. Like, I yeah, leave, leave me. You oh, know. I'd love to know what that's like because I don't have that yep. at all. A man needs that in his life sometimes. Yes, sir. Yes, some sir. peace and quiet. Some mm-hmm. time to be alone. You need well, that. Yeah. Uh, how much sports did you get to watch? I watched all of it. Okay. Uh, that, that's the other thing when people leave you alone. Mm-hmm. You can watch all the sports you want. Yes. All, you know what? We're going to get back to that. Okay. Because we're going to talk about the sports I watched this weekend. Okay. We're definitely going to talk about that. All right. So I know you want to start with hoops. I know you're going to start with some hoops. Let's start with some hoops. All right. What you got? I mean, there's, there's a lot going on right now in hoops. Yes. It's, it's, there's a lot going on. Yes. You've got. Okay. Before we get into what I really want to get into. Okay. I have to mention this. Mm-hmm. What was it? Tuesday night this week, I believe it was. Okay. The Rockets played, was it Utah or Denver? I believe it was Utah. No, because Utah played on Monday. Okay, so it, was, it, 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 it must have been Denver yeah. then. But in this during this game, there were a couple things that I saw. Okay. Everyone, for one, is talking about this dunk. Miss Dunk, whatever that Harden had, okay. it was it should have been a basket. The ball went through the rim, cleared the net, and because of the way the net got whipped, it wrapped actually wrapped around the cylinder, mm-hmm. around back to the top, and went back through again. Okay. So, at full speed live, it looked like the ball got caught in the net and came back out. If the ball does not clear the net, it's not a bucket. At full speed, it looked like it didn't clear the net. Mm-hmm. When you see the replay, you realize it went through and wrapped around. They could have challenged it. They didn't. 
everyone, the whole conversation this week is about did Houston get hosed? Are they going to replay the last 7.30 of this game where they want to be credited with the win and all sorts of foolishness? And the league's position real simple. You had 30 seconds to challenge after the play happened. You didn't. Let's keep it moving. Okay. And I agree. If you had an ch- opportunity to challenge in the moment and you didn't, yeah. I don't want to hear about it later. Mm-hmm. Now, if you had challenged and they got it wrong on review, fine. Yeah. You have a legitimate B. I think, but I, that's I'm, why the challenge rule is there. But I also think that's the one thing like NBA doesn't have that the NFL does. Whereas, like you, you throw know, a flag where it's visibly obvious mm-hmm. or something that or they're challenging. Or visibly obvious, but also they got there's coaches on the uh, you know in the NFL there's coaches on the field and the coaches and there's up coaches in the, booth. in the booth who got monitors, mm-hmm. so you can instantly say, hey, you, you know, get that signal, challenge this yeah, one, look and, at this one again. And even in even in baseball, you know, there's somebody you know mm-hmm. you can get on the phone real quick or, and say, hey, should I looked at that? You know, should we look at that? Should we throw the challenge? Whereas NBA, it's spur of the moment. It's like, hey, you know, you there there is no true. But if you saw how adamant Coach Mike D'Antoni was about the play, mm-hmm. you think he saw had a good enough look of it himself to know it should have been a bucket. Yeah. And if that being the case, you're better off spending those 30 seconds saying, let's take another look at this, mm-hmm. than being mad walking on the court pointing at the rim saying, that's a bucket, that's a bucket. Just ask for the challenge. Agreed. Agreed. And that's it. Now, we may hear – varying versions of that timeline where someone may argue the challenge came before, the challenge came after the 30-second limit, those things, that none of us know. None of us were privy to that conversation between the coach and the ref. And But what we do know is the ref said he had 30 seconds to challenge and he didn't. Mm. If that's the case, that's the story we've been fish officially giving and we don't know anything different. Well, look, no, I, I... I am not trying to say that your lack of sympathy for the Houston Rockets (laughs) is not valid in this case. But let's be real. Mm -hmm. You will never be that guy in the front of the line to give the Houston Rockets the benefit of any doubt. And you know this. All I'm saying is, if you want those two points, challenge it within the rules. I've done this show with you for a long time. That's all I'm saying. I've done this show with you for a long time. Yeah. And in the last year, the Houston Rockets have had three of your most critiqued. Because I'm not. I don't want. I don't want to say hated. I don't think you hate these guys. Well, it's just over a year now. Because mm-hmm. one of them left early. One of them's gone. One but, of them left early. One of them left early. But in the past year and a half, we'll say mm-hmm. eighteen months. This season and last. Yes. Between- there have been three of the guys, the 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 basketball figures who have drawn your ire the most have played for this franchise. One of them doesn't play for this franchise anymore. One of them found a job with another franchise. Mm -hmm. Two of them are still there. Mm -hmm. And the one thing they've done, and and let me use this opportunity to speak on the rapport that you and I have now. Because with this season starting, I cannot watch the Houston Rockets without your voice in my head because I watch the Houston Rockets do all of the things 
that you have critiqued Russell Westbrook and James Harden mm-hmm. for now what is going on close to three years. Since we've been working together. Since you and I, years. not even since. But since, I've been critiquing them. Yeah, for, 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 I'm, I'm sure you've been critiquing them for a lifetime. Absolutely. I, I started radio in, what, five years ago now? Okay. And I. You probably. And cr- let, look, actually, let's go back further than that. Okay. Before I started radio, I was writing. When you were just a guy with an opinion. Now, I, between there and radio, I did a brief stint writing. Okay, okay. And the first article I wrote, it actually focused around a beloved Philadelphia basketball player, mm-hmm. but it was a more critique, critique on a certain style of play in basketball. And it's that shoot first isolation guard who doesn't pass the ball unless he's actually forced to and ends up with all his teammates standing around watching him. Mm-hmm. And that was the thesis of of that article, that those players do not win. Mm -hmm. The primary example I used in that article was Allen Iverson, who I said was, quote, the best bad basketball player I've ever seen. (laughs) When it comes to terms of skill set, dribble, pass, and shoot, like Kyrie Irving, Harden, Westbrook, Stephon Marbury, Steve Francis, these guys, mm-hmm. they're all great at it. They're yeah. amazing the things they can do with the basketball. Yeah. But actually understanding the flow of the game, team concepts, how to keep your teammates engaged on both ends of the court, mm-hmm. they just don't seem to get it. No. And I've actually heard Kyrie comments on it when he was in Boston mentioning the dilemma he had knowing that he could get his shot whenever he wanted but he has to keep his teammates engaged. He acknowledged that that was a challenge for him. Mm. As a point guard, it shouldn't be. And that is my biggest issue, is when you're a pri- with, with that style of play, when you're a primary ball handler and you don't know how to keep your teammates actively engaged mm. in the game, as no matter how talented you are, you are essentially hurting the team. You're essentially hurting the team, but what's, what's funny about it is like you bring up Ky- Kyrie Irving talking about the struggle and the struggle that it is. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, I think James Harden struggles with it a little bit too. Now, I understand I don't know him. I don't know him personally. Mm-hmm. But what I'm just saying, I guess the vibes that I get when I see him in interviews, when I see him talking, I think that's something that he might struggle with as well. I just don't think Russell Westbrook cares. Uh, Westbrook, he's a <laughs> different think, animal yeah, altogether. I, I, I don't think Russ like, cares. Harden, I, I agree. I think he struggles with it as well. And you can see it. like it, And I can see how it would be tough. When you know you're that good, mm-hmm. no one guy can stay in front of you. No one guy can stop you from mm-hmm. scoring. The temptation is to just go yeah. all the time, full go speed, in. attack, go attack, in. attack. Mm-hmm. But sometimes. I could work hard. I might even score the bucket, but I worked so hard for that bucket. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we had as a team would have moved the ball, moved bodies, we could have got a lot easier shot where all my teammates felt like they were a part of it. And that's really the biggest thing is when your teammates feel like they're a part of it, they're more invested personally. They will give you that extra effort on defense, mm-hmm. that the extra little hustle plays and all that stuff because they are more invested. It's just a human nature thing. All right. Real quick. Shout, uh, we're talking about Houston right now, but mm-hmm. shout out to my man, Dom. He asked this question. He wants to know if that's your opinion. 
given what you just said of players like Harden, players like Westbrook, players like Kyrie, who struggle to keep their teammates involved. Mm-hmm. What do you on the flip side? You got a Ben Sim, a player like Ben Simmons, who almost to his detriment is always looking to keep his t- teammates involved. Uh, and 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 see, and that's exactly the key word I used when I was discussing that mm-hmm. is balance, mm-hmm. because. You can't just pass all the time either because then, of course, you also become a detriment to your team Mm -hmm. because it negatively affects spacing. Mm -hmm. Your teammates no longer have the room they need to operate because your defender is leaving you. Mm -hmm. It goes both ways. I have to know what shots to take and what shots not to take. I have to know when to pass, when to drop. It's just as much about a feel and an art. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to know as a point guard, if we take 10 trips down the court on offense, who had what touches and when? Who's making what shots? Who's feeling good? Who's not? You, you said you need to know that. I need okay. to know that. Okay. Like, I'm bringing the ball up court like my center hasn't touched it in two possessions. Get him in the block. Big okay. man, where okay. you at? Show okay. me something. Okay. I'm talking to him. I'm engaging him. Mm-hmm. So I, I want him to know that's that he's Chris a part Paul. of it. I mean, that's a, I mean yeah. I, when, I, when I think about that, I think about Chris players like Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul is somebody like that. Like, I mean – yeah, or think of think of a Jason Kidd, J- yep, okay. or somebody like or a Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. like guys who really had that feel for facility. They mm-hmm. they still would get you their twenty points yeah. a game. Yeah, they'll get you. Buckets, if you left them open, they would take the shot yeah. because they knew the defender had to stay honest and come mm-hmm. up on them, mm-hmm. or they're defending someone. You got two guys defending someone else, and that's no good because yep. they're essentially defending me mm-hmm. by letting me shoot, knowing I'm not going to shoot it. Mm-hmm. Like okay, so now I'm on lockdown. And then now my teammates on lockdown because we have two people guarding him. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work for the team either. So that that was a very qu- good question from your man Dom. Mm-hmm. And that that is it's not a matter of pass all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of balance. You have to understand the rhythm. There, there's a rhythm to the game, you know. So I might be on fire, hit my last three, four shots, but I also have to know I can't just keep shooting every time not playing the point guard if i if i'm really in that kind of scoring zone mm-hmm. hey coach bring in the other point guard move me off to the ball so i can let go mm-hmm. is that kind of night because then mm-hmm. at that point it's someone else's responsibility to make sure everyone stays engaged and i can focus on scoring i.e kyrie irving in cleveland with lebron they started that season kyrie running the point it wasn't working so they took him off the point. They took him off the point. Yep. LeBron became, became the primary ball handler, yep. and Kyrie Irving was able to focus on scoring, which he's great at. He's great off the ball as an attack scorer. You, could you see them doing? Could you see them doing that more once KD comes back? We know KD's not coming back this season, but if the Kyrie experiment in Brooklyn stays, and they and they do keep him into next year, mm-hmm. could you see them that happening? Would would that surprise you? Do you think do you think that needs to happen? That would it would surprise me from the standpoint that if you do that, now you're then also taking away KD's best abilities because he is a capable playmaker, but first and foremost, he is a scorer, one of the greatest scorers, if not the most talented scorer the league has ever seen. With his size, length, ability to handle, dribble, shoot, attack, finish at the rim from inside the gym range, Kevin Durant is an ultimate scoring weapon right now. So you don't want to take that away from him. LeBron, as a player, 
his instinct is to facilitate first. LeBron, through much of his career, has been hammered, sometimes wrongly so, for making the quote-unquote right basketball play. When he gets double teamed, he's looking to kick to that open guy every time. That's LeBron's instinct. Mm-hmm. So with LeBron and Kyrie, it was an instinctual match. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah, the yeah. guy who wants to facilitate with the guy who wants to finish. Mm-hmm. Ky- Kyrie and KD, you have two finishers. And somewhere in there, you need a facilitator. Now, in Golden State, it was a little bit different because of the system they played. Everyone was essentially a facilitator. Mm-hmm. That You're playing pure ball movement basketball in Golden yes, State. Yep, yep. So Draymond might get you 10 assists. Steph might get you 10 assists. Clay might get you four or five. KD might get you six or seven. And it just go. Iguodala could get you six or seven. Mm-hmm. It's just alt, complete ball movement. So in that situation, it still remains a balanced attack because the ball's not sticking in any one guy's hands. Mm-hmm. But – with a situation like Kyrie and KD, I'm not sure the personnel lends itself to playing that style of play. I'm I'm glad I got you here today because you are the guy I go to to help me sift through some of the Facebook minutia mm-hmm. because you don't do Facebook. Okay. And sometimes I wish I was with you. <laughs> you break. You've broken down to me. And we've talked about it on this show plenty of times why you don't do Facebook. Mm -hmm. And none of those reasons that you've given me have I ever found wrong. They're all absolutely right. I just know I can't do it. I'm I'm, I'm on. (laughs) But you made a post, and I'm pretty sure we were not on the same page Mm -hmm. as far as what you were talking about. But I agreed with you wholeheartedly. You made a post uh, on Twitter. Talking about how just people are just really not smart. Okay. Yeah, I, that sounds like something I would say. Yeah, you know, and I, I like people that. just aren't smart. I, I liked it because I, I, I thought, you know what? Well, you know, he, he's on the money. I don't know what he's talking about. He might be, you know, something might be going on in his <laughs> life. You know, it might be somebody coming at him talking to some real foolishness on something else. But you know what? Hey, you know, he's on the money here. Last week, uh, I guess, well, earlier this week, Carmelo Anthony was awarded NBA Player of the Week. Mm-hmm. You know, they give one, out, they give one out every week. Yeah, he had a pretty he good, had a good week. week. He had a good, he had a good week. He's a talented basketball player. Mm-hmm. But there were people who were mad, and a lot of them were on Facebook. They were angry because they felt like the award should have gone to either Harden or Westbrook because they both had those monster games last week. Now. Carmelo might not have put up the numbers points-wise, but he was consistent. Like you said, he had a good week. Key, key part to that week, Portland went 3-0 and that week. Mm-hmm. Houston lost a game. I believe, I think Dallas might have lost a game. So it's not like we're talking MVP here. Nobody's talking about Carmelo we're Anthony just, just for talking MVP. about one week. Yeah, one week. All right, Missy, I'm glad you mentioned that. Okay. Because I'm not even going to go back to last week. I'm just going to go back to the game I was talking about a couple minutes ago, Tuesday night. Okay. Now, see, if you just look at the box score, well, and I won't, not even the total box score, the summarized box score, mm-hmm. you would see Westbrook with a triple-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds. Ni- I'm sorry, excuse me, 19 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Mm-hmm. And you would see James Harden scored 50. 
Great numbers. Wow. They both did that. 50 and a triple-double. Mm-hmm. But you blew a 16-point lead and you lost. Now, say, now, that one, say that one more time. You okay. blew a 16-point lead and you lost. Brother, I know now, this is now, offense. Now, I know this, we're supposed to have a lot of discourse in this, but yeah, I, I am with you right I, now. I want to go inside this a little bit. Go ahead. Go ahead. Please, go in. You nice. Go in. Russell Westbrook, for his 19 points, mm-hmm. shot 7 of 30. That is less than 25% from the field. 7 of what? 7 of 30. Say, say that one more time. 7 he made seven. Mm-hmm. He attempted 30, 30 shots. 30 shots, 19 points. Mm-hmm. James Harden, for his 50, shot 11 of 38 and 4 of 20 from the three-point line. Man, put up 20. That's 20% from the three-point line he shot. He shot 20 of them while he's shooting 20%. That's, give me that. seven for 30 for Westbrook. Mm-hmm. 11 for 11 for 38 for Harden, 4 of 20 from 3. That's 68 shots between two people. Yes. And that does not include Harden's what 24 free throws, which is actually what got him to 50. Mm-hmm. He's parading to the free throw line all the time, mm-hmm. doing the Harden stuff where he's usually creating the contact himself. Mm-hmm. But hey, I'm not mad at him for that. If the mm-hmm. ref would give you the call, keep doing it. Yeah. If the ref would give me the call, I'd keep doing it too. Mm-hmm. But come on, man. Like, you can't honestly think that's a good 50. You can't honestly think that two people taking 68 shots and making 18 of them. That's two guys. No, no, you hear what I just said? Yeah, two they guys. Took, two guys took 68 shots and made 18. Two guys 16, missed 50 shots. They missed 50 shots two guys. In, one guy, in one game. Blew a 16-point lead. And lost. And lost. Where two guys – let me tell you. You're, you're, now you see what I'm saying. Now I, you see what I'm saying. No, I've, I've, I've seen. I, I, I understand. This is one of them few times we are exactly on the same page. I am with you. You're a competitor. I am. You played basketball at a high level. You played you, you play basketball at the college level. Mm-hmm. I, I did all right. Yeah, but – Two guys mm-hmm. shoot 30 shots each, take 30-plus shots each mm-hmm. in a game you lose. What are you doing when you get back to the locker room? It, it, now, see, if they had actually been shooting 50% or better, mm-hmm. I don't say a word. No, same situation. How about the same situation? But when two guys take 68 shots and 60? miss 50 of them, mm-hmm. oh, I'm mad. Oh, man. How, how mad? Uh, I'm heated. Because I, I, I say this to you. Shout out to James Lewis for telling me this story. <laughs> You're a guy who fought a dude during a game. Oh, yeah. On your own team. Yes, I have. You and a player from your team. Yes. In a game. Mm-hmm. Shot a fair one. Because I felt like we weren't beating the other team by enough. Yeah. And I wasn't going to be silent yeah. about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in everybody's ear. Like, we should be blowing these dudes out. What are we doing? Out so there? now – as a, person, that dude. as a person who once shot a fair one with the teammate we were during the game. game. We were winning the game. What are you doing? I'm mad because we weren't winning by enough. Now, flip the script. You're on the Houston Rockets now. You just watched two guys miss 50-plus shots. Oh, I'm in the GM's office the next day asking to be traded. Okay. 
That's real talk. Mm-hmm. I'm in the GM's office the next day. Trade me. I can't do this. Mm-mm. I can't play with these guys. Mm-mm. I'm in the I'm in the office. I'm look. I'm channeling Mike Singletary. Like I'm on. I'm, I'm Mike Singletary. Can't do it. Can't, do it. can't win. Can't with Can't win with him. Can't mm-hmm. play with him. Exactly. You can't do it. Can't. Mm-mm. And people. But the problem is, why are people eating this up like it's brand new? Why are people excited over James Harden and Russ Westbrook? People because. They play in the Western Conference. Okay. Their games are late at night. Yes. You wake up in the morning. You turn on Sports Center. You see a fifty-point game you and see, a triple. Point, I see fifty points. Double. I see triple double. They cut the highlight package to show me all the dunks and threes, and but I don't really get true analysis. Mm. That's not what you get in an hour show that's covering all of sports in all the major sports. Is just not possible. Now, when you get like your local broadcast, your local mm-hmm. sports channels, yeah. and things like that, your various sports nets and things like that, yeah. when you start dealing with those broadcasts, the local broadcasts, then you get better analysis of what truly happened because mm-hmm. they have time to dedicate to one team and just break it down. Mm-hmm. But most people don't aren't doing that. Most people, it's those sixty second clips from ESPN's on Snapchat. Is ESPN on Snapchat now? It gives you everything in 30-second clips. Yeah, yeah I, I can't do I, that. I, yeah. I can't get any analysis like that. So if you ask me why people think, oh, this is great, that all they're seeing is the final numbers, he scored 50 or a triple-double, but they don't actually – very few people are taking the time on the East Coast to stay up till 1.30 in the morning to watch a West Coast basketball team play against somebody who's not their team to really take the time to analyze what's going on. I threw out an analogy on Twitter uh, in a conversation, just jokingly. No, you weren't joking. You okay. weren't You weren't joking. You meant well, it. Oh, well, okay. All right. You know what? You're right. I did mean it, but I wasn't trying to throw it out there like it was like some real like in-depth analysis. It was just a comparison. Oh, it was real. Did you agree? Oh, it was real. Did you agree? You meant it. Yeah. That's why I said you meant it. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw it, and it was real. All right. Well, well, let me put it out there for the people. James Harden and Russell Westbrook are the Phillip Rivers of basketball. Absolutely. I say this because I have all, I've said on this show countless times, Phillip Rivers is the greatest fantasy football player of all time. If you, for years, now I understand Phillip Rivers ain't what he used to be. Mm -hmm. He's a shell of what he used to be. But for a long time, you put Phillip Rivers, you, like, Phillip Rivers and bought me many a fantasy football chips. Mm -hmm. Oh, he'll do that. He'll get, you put Phillip Rivers on your team, he's going to throw the rock, he's going to give you 300 yards. Exactly. He's giving. Regularly. You get to Phillip Rivers and you get a half decent replacement just for his bye week. Mm-hmm. You good. You're good. You're good. That's what Russell Westbrook and but and, I wouldn't go to Vegas and put my money on him to win. Oh, 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 hell no, no, no. Phillip Rivers will get you a fantasy football chip. Anything after week fifteen or sixteen <laughs> in the season? I'm no, I don't care about Phillip Rivers. Sounds about right. Philip Rivers will get Philip Rivers is gonna get me fantasy points. With and, one, two, three, four, five. That, whenever his uh but whenever that whenever his with the exception of his bye week and week seventeen, I ain't messing with Philip Rivers. Anything after week sixteen when your fantasy championship is won, 
I ain't messing with Phillip Rivers. And and these are the things I say about these basketball players. They'll give you great numbers. Exactly. They will actually give you a good amount of regular season wins. Yes. Because in the regular season, NBA coaches mm-hmm. treat game planning like NFL coaches treat the preseason. Okay. And it's very little, if any, opponent-specific preparation or game planning done from a game-to-game basis in the NBA regular season. Mm -hmm. It's simply too many games in a week to try to deal with every team's tendencies and things like that. We're going going out there, we're running our stuff, Mm -hmm. they're going to run their stuff, and we'll see who wins. Mm -hmm. Now, when you get to the playoffs, that's when you see those adjustments where – you start to see teams build walls against these players that want, want to go one-on-one all the time and ISO and things like that, and it pretty much negates what they do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they'll get you They'll get you to the playoffs yeah. like oh, yeah. this. You'll sell a lot of tickets. You'll sell jerseys. You'll be at a lot of national TV games. Mm-hmm. Business-wise, it makes sense. I get it. Mm-hmm. You'll make your money. You'll make play- t- playoff ticket sales, jersey sales. Oh, you know how many hardened jerseys that people are selling? Oh, yeah. You know how many Westbrook jerseys people have bought? A ton of them. But none of that's going to get you a trophy. That's not even. That might not even get you out the first round. It's as as much as you can enjoy them. Now, you know, if you got if you play fantasy basketball. Now, me, I'm not a big fantasy basketball player, but I just think it's too much work. Mm-hmm. Like, I like fantasy football because it's one, once a week. Now, if, now, I play fantasy basketball. Mm-hmm. If you see how I draft a fantasy basketball team, yeah. you wouldn't think it was me. Yeah, but, be, because because you, you hear need, me talk about basketball, yeah, and you'd be like, yeah, yeah, he was, he no, like, you need points. But You know, you, you need stats. You need mm-hmm. numbers. And Westbrook, stat and, yeah, Westbrook and Harden will get you stats. They will stuff up the stack book. They will get mm-hmm. you all the sports center plays that you want. Like, they'll, they'll fill, Ky- yeah. Kyrie was one of my early picks in fantasy basketball. Oh, yeah. I oh, want, yeah. oh give me all those oh, yeah. numbers. Oh, yeah. Especially. Oh, I know he's about to go in. Mm-hmm. Give me all those numbers. Yeah. But uh, if I'm trying to win a championship, I want no parts of them. I don't not unless I have not unless I have Brown running the point. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I would want Kyrie on my team. Okay, no, I, once again, I'm, and, I'm here with and you. And I just flat out don't want Russ or Harden. I you don't just, want them on your team. I at just all. don't want them at all. Yeah, because I mean, <sighs> true or false, Houston's fugazi. They're a good regular season team. No, I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm talking at, at this point in time. You now have James Harden, who's now been in Houston for how many years? What's this? Five, six, seven years? Something six, like that. seven years now. It's been a while. It's been a while. He's been there in a long time. Mm-hmm. How many playoff series have they won? One or two, maybe. One or two, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. People now, were acting like this. Like, now, like, I mean, you do recall last year going into the playoffs. I was the one sitting here. Everybody's talking about the thun- Thunder. Yeah, they're out in the first round. The year before that, people talk about the Thunder. Yeah, they're out in the first round. Yeah. This is no. You're, you're preaching to the choir, right? Yeah, now. You, I mean, I, I mean, I, that I understand. <laughs> you, you are absolutely yes. preaching you, to the choir. You and I tend to disagree on a lot of things. This ain't one of them. We on the same page on this one. I just saw a lot of people. There, there are better things to be impressed with in the NBA than Harden and Westbrook. All right. Real quick before we take a break. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question about someone in the NBA I have actually been impressed with. Okay. How much have you seen Luka Doncic play this year? I, I've He's the truth. 
He's... That, definitely the truth. Now that is a kid who, in my opinion, actually understands the feel for the game. Mm-hmm. Who get all his points, get his rebounds, gets his assists, but he understands game flow. Part of that may be because he's been a pro since he was sixteen. Part of it may actually be because be because he's not the overwhelming athlete who can just think he's going to destroy everyone. He's disp- de- depending more on skill and IQ than just being able to blow by you and dunk on you. All of these things may be factors, but that kid has a feel for the game. Mm. Have you watched John Morant in Memphis? Yeah, a little bit. That kid's going to be a stud. I'm high on him. I, I'm, I like John Morant a lot, what I'm seeing from him. So there are things around the league. The Clippers, they're scary. Oh, yeah. Paul George, the way he's come back from the shoulder mm-hmm. surgery – I said at the start of the year I hadn't seen talented wings on the same team like this since Jordan and Pippen. Mm-hmm. I stand by that statement. I it's once they really get their chemistry going because they still with load management and injuries to start the year have not had a lot of work together. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a fun team. So, there are things around the NBA that are impressing me. You know what? We've been doing this for a little bit. Let's take a quick break, okay. and then we'll get right back to it on the other side. Okay. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Let's take a real quick break. Just a reminder, you can always check us out on Twitter. O underscore D underscore Discord. Mm-hmm. That's, all. That's, that's all this show is on. You know what? If you want us to be on Facebook, you can make a Facebook page. Ladies and gentlemen, ODD will be on Facebook, brought to you by John Brown. I don't know about I don't know about If anything, like when when ODD is on Facebook, it's two best in the world sports. I don't know if ODD is ready for a Facebook page. I'm, I'm not quite sure if I can. I'm not there with it yet. I'm not there at the point of more Facebook. I'm, I'm not sure I can You got enough going Facebook on yet. as it is. Got enough going on as it is. All right, let's take a real quick break. We'll be right back on Offense, Defense, and Discord. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. James Lewis. I've never lived in a city like Phoenix where the downtown is not the center of the city. The, what's popping is out in Scottsdale. That's where everything's popping. That's where all the five-star Twitter restaurants are in Scottsdale. The best clubs in towns are in Scottsdale. The best mm. spas are in Scottsdale. If anything, they need to build the arena in Scottsdale and move everything from downtown out to Scottsdale. Yeah, they build in the then White Castle. Then you have an elite in franchise. Scottsdale. Next to them, next to them carved houses in Camelback Mountain. That's where everything is popping to me from what I've White seen Castles in my two years. It's coming uh, to yeah. Scottsdale. I will be there. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo squad. Next to, the, next to the spot, it's like eight hundred dollars. It don't matter. It <laughs> don't matter. I'm up, I'm up in that piece. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. To buy your home, you became a house hunting ace. Learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. 
The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we're back having some fun today talking basketball. It really, really makes me feel good to know that people are finally starting to see the truth about basketball. Okay. What truth are you talking about? The the, the truth we were discussing in the first segment. Okay. Because you know I've been on this mission for years about isolation, shoot first basketball, and how much I've hated it. You've heard me preach against the 1-4 and all these things. And These days, honestly, though, as I listen to more people talk about basketball, you hear them starting to question, like, can this style of play really win? And The funny thing is none of these conversations are new. It's just – What's the old saying? Those who don't learn history are doomed to repeat it? Yes. That's essentially what we're seeing right now. Like, if people people forget when Michael Jordan, who came into the league, he scored 37 points per game one season. Mm -hmm. 50 and 60 points was nothing. But when he won championships, it was what? Michael said in his own words was a quote-unquote equal opportunity offense, which means there were going to be shots for everybody. And Phil Jackson actually had to convince him to be willing to do that Mm -hmm. because it was for the good of the team, and he got six championships out of it. Mm -hmm. If anybody wanted to to just take shots, Mike was the guy who could just take shots. Mike shot better than 50% from from the field for his career with the Bulls. Un, for his career, he's o- under 50% barely, and that's because of the Wizards years. With the Bulls, Mike was over 50%. Mm. He made more than one out of two shots. And so if this guy who can shoot like that realizes it's for the good of the team mm-hmm. to involve everyone else. Mike scored 30 a game shooting 50%. He didn't score 30 a game because he was gunning. He scored 30 a game because he made the shots he took. If you want to be like Mike, you want to score 30 a game, it doesn't mean take 30 shots. It means take half the shots you take. You shoot 12 for 24, not 11 for 38. <laughs> Go back and look at Mike's stat lines. You see a lot of 12 for 19. You know, 13 for 25s, mm-hmm. things like that, where he's floating around that 50% mark and in the flow of the game. He, Hard- had, more, he had more of those high, low percentage, like high, high shot totals, mm-hmm. his second stint with the Bulls. He, he, was more, he was more prone to have them, but they were still few during and far. The, yeah. During the second three-peat? Yeah. Yeah. At, at which point? As great as Mike was at that point, mm-hmm. he was not quite the athlete. He was getting older. His yeah, legs weren't yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. Things like that were so and he was still shooting better than fifty percent. Mm-hmm. You would see it more regularly, mm-hmm. but he's still the guy that's shooting fifty percent. When a guy shoots fifty percent, you let him shoot. When I'm shooting forty two percent, yeah, you might want to slow it down. Pass, yeah. When you're shooting under thirty three percent, you stop shooting. You just stop. You take the good looks when they leave you wide open. Okay, you had to take that one. 
I'm not coming down, taking four dribbles through the legs, a little step back, iso half, spin move, then pull it up in your face. That's just not going to work. And my teammates, if you were on my team while I'm shooting 11th for 38, what are you thinking? I'm going to punch you in the face. You don't want to play with me. Uh, no, no, not only no. I'm, I'm telling you, you you asked the question. That was the answer. Mm-hmm. Like not only not wanting to play with you is a giving. It goes alongside wanting to punch you in the face. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying I would punch you in the face, but you would see me in the locker room. You might even see me on the bench. You might even see me if we're on the floor together, giving you a look that would obviously say. Bro, I want to punch you in the face. Mm-hmm. Probably would happen after a no. It probably wouldn't even happen after a missed shot. Mm. It would come after a made shot because I now know that you're now inspired to oh, take man. more shots. Oh, uh, don't. Like that's you, the thing. A guy like that when he sees one go in, mm-hmm. like uh, it's almost the worst. You said Harden went like four for twenty from three for three. Mm-hmm. Like that last three pointer he, he made. That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking at him like. Like, dude, stop. Bruh, I know you made it, uh, but you're like, you I know. mean, like, realistically, let's say halfway there, you're two for ten. Mm-hmm. You know, half the shots yeah. have to make. Say halfway there, you're two for ten. Yeah, stop shooting. Stop. Mm-hmm. Work for something better. Look for your teammates. Anything. Mm-hmm. I'm but with you. I'm with you. Twenty percent is not. And see, and this is that analytic stuff where they say, well. If I shoot 40% from three, it's worth more points than shooting 50% from two. Mm-hmm. You know, four out of ten threes will give me 12 points. Five out of ten twos gives me 10 points. Mm-hmm. That's what the analytics will tell you. But the analytics don't do stuff like tell you, like, a missed three creates a long rebound and a run out for the other team where my defense isn't set. Mm-hmm. You know, long shot, long shot, long rebound. Analytics don't tell you that. If I'm shooting a lower percentage, that means my defense is set a lower percentage of the time. The easiest way to attack a defense is when they're not set. If I make a shot, if I'm making 50% of my shots versus 40%, my defense is more prepared to play that extra 10% of the time. Because off a made back bucket, we can get back. Off a miss, we're turnover, we're, we're in scramble mode. Where's your man? Who's here? Where's it? What's the set? Things like that are what the analytics don't tell you where they just talk about what shot is worth what points. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, find other ways than missing 16 of 23s. Like, and these are, and, and I don't want to say like these aren't great, highly skilled players. They're extremely skillful players. But, decision making is everything. All right, let's make a football analogy. Mm-hmm. Michael Vick. Okay. How many quarterbacks have you seen in your life that were more physically gifted than Michael Vick? Physically gifted. Like more talented quarterbacks. Arm strength, ability to be accurate, mm-hmm. ability to move yeah. with your legs, all of it. Not many. How many? Not many. What's not many? Ten? Do you have ten? I don't have ten. Uh, I, I mean, I'm – I don't even have a number. Like, okay, like – I, I've got, with physical gifts, two people I put in the group. Who you got? Randall and Lamar Jackson. Okay. With physical gifts, okay. people that you, like, arm talent, like, can sling that thing 70-plus mm-hmm. yards in the air. Mm-hmm. 
legs to outrun anybody on the field, all of it. These are complete athletes who can be very accurate passing the ball. But the difference between a Vic and a Lamar Jackson isn't the talent. It's the decision-making. Vic was notorious for being inconsistent and making bad decisions. And Vic admitted himself he didn't do the proper work and understand really what he needed to do until to keep him out of those un- situations un- until it was too late, and that's what you're seeing the same with with a lot of these guys in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. They, the talents there, but the decision making, the way they process basketball, the way they read the court, it it doesn't lead to winning often. Okay, so let's pivot then, because mm-hmm. we've seen the Houston act. And despite the fact that Harden and Westbrook are doing a lot of, they're 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 grabbing headlines. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're excited. It's exciting to watch. It's one of the most, if not one of, if not the most exciting duo in the league. Mm-hmm. But that's they're not the only people grabbing headlines. Not at all. You talked about Luka Doncic. Oh, I I love watching that kid play. Now, what do you like? What, what do you love about it? What do you love about his play? as compared to what we've been, just been talking about for the last 40 minutes. My favorite thing about Luka mm-hmm. is that when you watch him play, it never feels like he's forcing anything. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's really the best way I could describe it. Like, If he's going to take you to the rim, it's because the, the move to the rim was there. Mm-hmm. If he's going to shoot the J, it's because the J was there. If he's going to throw a beautiful pass, it's because the pass was there. He just makes the right basketball play more often than not. And he's just better at it than most people. But it's a combination. There are guys that are more skilled, but he makes better decisions than most of them on a regular basis. And he's 20 years old. That's usually the thing with a 20-year-old. You'll see the physical talent, and you'll say, well, he needs to develop as a player. He needs to learn this. You need you don't look at Luka Doncic and say he needs to work on his IQ or his decision-making. In a similar manner to the one thing nobody ever questioned about LeBron was his basketball IQ. With LeBron, there were questions about developing his skill set. Mm. Luka, I think the only question will be his defense. Mm. Because he's not the athlete LeBron was. But at 20 years old, he's more skilled than LeBron was. Mm. Now, let's be clear before everyone gets on me. <laughs> I am not saying he's a better player than LeBron was at 20. Mm. But a lot of what Lebr- LeBron could do and the impact he would have on the court mm. was because he was 6'8", 260, and the fastest, strongest, most explosive guy on the court. Mm. Luka doesn't have those advantages. He's, he has the height. He's, he's got good height. Six seven two thirty. That's mm-hmm. what he's listed. At. Yeah, he's yeah. not a little guy. He's got good t- height, mm-hmm. good size, but he's not that super explosive. Beat everybody down the court, take off and dunk on your big man type. He doesn't have that kind of athleticism. Like when Bron- LeBron was at his physical peak, there was no question in ninety nine percent of the world's mind. Hey, this is one, maybe one of the greatest athletes, not basketball players athletes any sport i've ever seen mm. this guy was phenomenal you look at luca and just be like 
man, this kid is good. You don't look at Luka and say he's special physically. Mm. I mean, of course he is to be in the NBA 6'7", 230. Yeah. That's special. Yeah. But and it's not still, NBA special. And there's still room to grow. Like, you know, physically he's not NBA special. Like, like LeBron was a physical specimen mm-hmm. early. Mm-hmm. At but 17 years old, he had 17, a grown man body. Mm-hmm. He, but even then, like you look at LeBron now, as compared, you, you know, he's someone who's been in the gym. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, you know, worked worked on his body. And Luca's 20 years old, so there's not, you know, Luca turns and, 25. You know, and I agree with you completely. I think what I was just saying that was with, with LeBron is at 20 years old. He was already more physically imposing than most of the people in the NBA yeah. who had been in the gym yeah. for years. I think, and I used to always think that was like a. So where there was, that, that was re- there was a misnomer about LeBron. Like, you look at LeBron's game, and okay, and and I, I think a lot of people attach the word finesse to LeBron's game, mm-hmm. and and there is a lot of finesse to his game, but he was still a very you know he was physically imposing. Yeah, he was physically like, imposing. Like he, like Michael Jordan came in the league at like 190 pounds. Mm-hmm. Scottie Pippen for most of his career at six eight played around 215, 220. Mm-hmm. LeBron as a rookie. Weight two forty five, two fifty. Mm-hmm. As a seventeen year old rookie, mm-hmm. eighteen excuse me, eighteen year old yeah. rookie, yeah. weighed two forty five of all muscle. It was you weren't. No one was looking at LeBron like we look at Zion. Like, oh yeah, that mm-hmm. kid needs to lose some weight. Yes, good point. You good were looking point. at LeBron like this yeah. kid is ripped up with a grown man body. Mm-hmm. Well, a grown man body for most people. Mm-hmm. It yeah. wasn't his grown man body because, as yeah. you said, there was still room for him to grow too. Mm-hmm. But LeBron, as a kid, was more physically dominant than most grown men. Like I'm, I'm not trying to go down this road, but a lot of people, you've always heard the, you know, the the dream team comparisons. Mm-hmm. Like, could this team beat this team? And people would always say, oh, you know, Carl Malone or Charles Barkley would just push LeBron around. LeBron and Carl Malone are the same size. Yeah. They're the same size. Yeah, exactly. No, and what I'm, 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 I throw this out to you because I know that you and I are on the same page. And I always mention that, like LeBron is Carl Malone size with guard, with guard game. Mm-hmm. It, it's ridiculous. Like his physical ability. You're not going to push LeBron James around. There was never a point in time in LeBron. Like LeBron will, will take a charge. Mm-hmm. Maybe every once in a while, flop. Maybe. But you're not not running him over. Yeah, you're not running him over. You're not pushing him around. You'll never bully LeBron James. There was never a player in the you know in the there was never a power forward in the league or a small forward in the league that would ever bully LeBron James. Or you know what? There there might have been a couple, but not many. Not many. How about last twenty years? Last twenty five years. In the last twenty years, no. 25 years, 30 20, years. 25 years, maybe. You're right okay. on that line. Okay. Like, you, like, okay. Because uh, Charles check. Oakley would have tried to bully anybody. Yeah, oh, yeah. Charles Oakley would have tried. He'd, he'd have bullied anybody. Yeah, That's Charles just Oakley would have tried. And I was, know he wouldn't, you know. Was, and in that NBA, he'd have got away with it. He'd have, he'd have done it. Yeah. In that NBA, he'd have done it. How would, how do you. Uh, Anthony Mason mm-hmm. would have tried to bully, would have bullied LeBron. Xavier McDaniel, so yeah, players like that. They would have tried. I don't know how successful it, they would have been. It would have been a battle. LeBron wouldn't have physically backed down, mm-hmm. and I don't think he'd have been like severely outmatched by any of them. Most of them, he's holding his own physically. Bad boy Pistons. They would have tried. 
LeBron would have had a very different career against the Bad Boy Pistons. Why? Because they'd have just beat him up. He wasn't the sh- LeBron was not the shooter. Is not the shooter. Mike was. LeBron needs that attack to the rim. Mm. Mike was great at attacking the rim, but Mike could pull up from 18 and put a dagger in your face whenever he wanted. Mm. LeBron, not so much. He's a streak shooter. So LeBron needs that room to attack the rim, which is why all his big men turn into jump shooters, because LeBron needs that lane. Mm. If LeBron's going into the lane against the bad boy, and this is not me saying LeBron would not. LeBron is one of those guys who I think would be great in any era. But if old school rules applied, LeBron probably would have been better served going to college so he could develop his skill set before he got to the league because you're going to need that. Mm. As big and physically imposing as you are, they're just going to beat you up. That's just what they're going to do. Mm. Oh, Bill Lane Beer has four, four fouls. Where's Bill Edwards at? Let me get a couple more fouls. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got four now? Where's John Sally at? Mm-hmm. Oh, you got oh. four? Where, Rick, come on, Rick your Moore. turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Worm, where you at, Worm? Mm-hmm. Like they're they're just gonna keep coming for yeah. you. That was what they did. Yeah, LeBron James is gonna get fouled twenty five times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least twenty five. You talked about you talked about fifty shots for Harden <laughs> and, and, and Westbrook. Mm-hmm. LeBron plays against the bad boy Pistons. He's getting fifty free throws. And like in these fouls that guys get ejected for now, those were just regular fouls. Look, look, go back and watch some of that tape of Mike trying to attack the rim and getting clotheslined, oh, hammered, yeah. t- thrown to the ground. You can look on YouTube. And see dudes getting pretty much elbows flying everywhere, and it, it's a, it was a completely different game. Completely different game, but like, I think like you go back to the eighties, you'd see high, you'd see clips of games where you could. And this is not again. I am not encouraging anyone to engage in this behavior, mm-hmm. but you would see games in the eighties where guys got in fist fights on the court and nobody got ejected. When, yeah. and I'm not talking about like what today where you talk about suspensions for multiple games, multiple days and all that. No, I'm like there was a fist fight, mm-hmm. then you go to the free throw line, shoot your free throws and finish mm-hmm. the game. But I think honestly I think So that's you know what, you it was a what? different mentality going into the lane and all, right, all of that what? back then. You're you're absolutely right. All right, let's take a real quick break. And I, I, I want to jump back into that. We can All do right. that. Let's take a real quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about the differences in we'll, we'll talk differences between then and now. Let's do it. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com/slash/bitwsports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search "Best in the World Sports." Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. Ate off like the assassin, now I'm blasting, I'm taking over. Stick you for your blue range rover. I told you, Rampage, your real life soldier. Been in the game since the age of 13. James Lewis. Dwelling south for the Hudson, New Jerusalem in seclusion. Uh, Using fake suit and yeah. I'm true. Bad, my travels like a schizo with two tabs with do-rags hanging from my pocket. Huh. What, boy? You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, y'all. Thanks for sticking around during the break. We're having some good conversation here. Now, JB, before we went to the break, 
I said something where I was talking about the differences yeah. in the league and NBA now versus years ago where because yeah. we're, we're talking about Le, LeBron specifically and how we thought mm-hmm. he would have matched up against some of those teams. And like I said, I think he would have been great, mm-hmm. but I do think he would have had to rely on his physical, mm-hmm. not, excuse me, on his skill set as opposed to his natural physical ability more. I think LeBron is the type of person. We One thing, you, you said it earlier in the show. You talked about LeBron's IQ as a basketball player. Mm-hmm. LeBron is a very smart. He's a very. He's always been a very smart and a very bright basketball mind. Oh, absolutely. Le- LeBron is a bright person. Period. Listen to him talk. He's an mm-hmm. intelligent person. I, and most of the greats in in any sport, they usually yeah, are intelligent he's a people. He's a, they just happen mm-hmm. to like the idea of the dumb jock. Mm-hmm. Barely apply. applies to great players. No, not at it all. Rarely applies to. And great that's players. why I just believe that if there was. If there was a player who could figure out how he could be, he could still be great in a league. It mm-hmm. would be LeBron James. Exactly, and that's what I say. Like I do think LeBron would have been great in any era, mm-hmm. but in that era where it's more physical, mm-hmm. you're less likely to be able to just overpower people. Mm-hmm. That they're not going to let you bully your way into the mm-hmm. lane like they do now. You try to drop that lane and go to the shoulder, you might get there, but you're going to feel a couple elbows, a clothesline, mm-hmm. any couple things like that along the way. And they're going to discourage you from wanting to keep going back. And mm-hmm. if you do keep going back, you felt pa- – Scotty Pippen missed a, the a closing game of the finals. With a migraine be- headache. With a migraine headache from sh- from those shots he was taking playing the bad boy mm-hmm. Pistons. They were j- – there was no mercy in those mm-hmm. days. It and, was and, war. And when you think of, when you think about one of the key factors in what changed what changed the dynamic of that series, and I'm not talking about just one year. I'm talking about those years that the Bulls the Bulls season would end mm-hmm. against uh, the Pistons. What 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 happened? It wasn't just getting Scotty. It wasn't like they just got Scotty and then. You know, no, no, it was Scotty, and it was a couple years of development, yeah, but, and, but, but what, and then but, getting the coach there who knew how to be the, the part system. Part of that development was Jordan and Scotty getting in the weight room, mm-hmm. oh, getting absolutely. bigger physically. Oh, they absolutely had so, to get fe- exactly. But, L- look at both their bodies from '87 versus '91. Mm-hmm. They spent their time in the gym. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that's and that's what thinking people do, but. The point I was trying to make before we took the break, because we talked about, you know, just the style of basketball from the 80s mm-hmm. to to now and why it's changed. And people talk and it, it it's one of them situations where I feel like people want their they want to have their cake and eat it, too, mm-hmm. because it's like you see people complaining about, you know, they, they, they think NBA players now are too soft. Game isn't as physical as it is. And that's very true. And it's, and, and it's true. But okay, it's, the game, well, I shouldn't say, the part about the game being soft, eh, that's a that's a matter of opinion. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fa- part about the game not being as physical, physical. that's absolutely true. Okay. And, and I guess, you know, we, we you can go on YouTube, and there's a bevy of videos mm-hmm. talking about how the game was and the physical. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even talking about just physical hard play. I'm talking like physical on the borderline of violent. Yeah. Basketball was a contact sport. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying, I guess, like, people don't, those videos tell half the story. I remember, 
my the night of my senior prom. Mm-hmm. The night of my senior prom was when JoJo English and Derek Harper got into that fight in Chicago <laughs> and it spilled into the uh, front row. You, and you know what I'm talking My senior prom. I was about to say a year, so I believe it. No, 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 no. My senior year. I'll put it out oh, there. Was 1994. 94. Oh, I I remember, I, you said the fight. I know what year it was. Yeah, that was 94. 94. And the thing was, my uh, my prom was at a hotel. Okay. We're all, it's prom so, night. And they got TVs. They got the TVs. They got, the TVs were in the bar. Mm-hmm. So we're all under eight, under eight. You know, we're all 16, 17 years, 18, maybe maybe but, 18 years but you old. Can see the TV. But we can see the TV. We're all in the, we know we can't drink. But you can watch the but TV. We, so we're all, all, all the dudes are in the bar watching the fight. Like, yo, this is crazy. All our dates are sitting off to the side. Like, are you serious? Like, are these dudes really watching are basketball these dudes, right dudes here? Really, these dudes, it's prom night. I'm in my dress. I'm looking cute. Mm-hmm. And all the guys are in the bar watching this because it was my CTV. But the fact of the matter is, like that fight poured into the stands. Mm-hmm. That's part of why we're we're at this point right now. The malice in the palace. The, the, the anniversary of the malice in the palace. Just po- now. Look, I'm, now I'll be honest about you. Growing up, eighties, early nineties, playing basketball, mm-hmm. n- there was part of it where you knew if you really wanted to play hard at a high level with the best, you had to be willing to fight. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was actually part of the mentality. You had to be willing to fight. Because if you weren't, people, people were just trying to bully you. Yeah, yeah you people were bully you on yeah, the court. No, no, exactly. I used, to, uh, used to play my street ball. And I'm not even going to front like I'm like, you know, was really that good at it. Mm-hmm. But I would play it. Uh, Duckery Elementary School in North Philly. 16th and... Uh, uh, Plea 16th and Susquehanna. Okay. He's right around the corner from my grandmother's house. I personally developed a jump shot because I hated going down low. <laughs> now, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm 6'3". Mm-hmm. In most cases, if I play basketball, they want me to be center. Mm-hmm. They want me to be forward. I hated physical play. <laughs> I had no jumper. So he had he had the choice. I had, so I so my choice was either go down low or or develop your skills. or develop a jumper. That's how I developed a jumper. And, and, and but the but the problem is, I would go down there, and they would be like, "Bro, your your jumper is nice. You're too big to be out here shooting jumpers. Get underneath the bat, you know, mm-hmm. you know." And 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 but but I learned from that. That's how I learned. You know, it's like okay, learn, try to develop a little bit of uh with your back to the basket. Some you know something you know some sort of semblance, and you're right. And that story actually makes my point. Mm-hmm. Where I was saying with LeBron in that era, he simply would have had to learn to adjust and mm-hmm. depend on his skill set more. He had a high enough IQ. He had the work ethic. He has all the physical ability. He I fully believe he would have de- developed yeah. the necessary skill set to play in that era. LeBron is not the person I question. There are him. players I question how they would do in that in different yeah. eras. Mm-hmm. Like, if Steph Curry played in 1986, who's to tell me he wouldn't just be Dana Barrows? Mm-hmm. You're not getting away with all that loose dribble and flashy handle when guys can hand check you and bump you and mm-hmm. everything else. You're not getting all those free shots coming off screens when guys can bump you going in and coming out of your cut, mm-hmm. going through your lanes. So 
with things like that, like people say, Steph's the greatest shooter I ever seen. Probably. But say, he's also but he's I, also I, a product of his era. Too. And I, I say probably because you don't get the same kind of shots he gets when I can get up on you and hand check. The one thing I need to make a jump shot is balance. Mm. And the one thing I can do when I can get up underneath you and hand check you and give you a forearm arm bar is mm-hmm. take away your balance. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, Steph is a great shooter. Mm-hmm. No doubt. But in 86, he might have been a spot-up guy. Come off some screens, catch and shoot. Mm-hmm. But you're not doing what you do right now when yeah. I can get up underneath you and in your jersey and get physical with mm-hmm. you. It's not going to work. It's just literally not yeah. and, and going I think, to work. I think, honest, and part of that you can probably attribute to the Jordan rules. There was something Jordan used to always complain about because that's what the Knicks would do to him. Mm-hmm. Derek Harper, all day. With, first, the forearm and hand check. Yeah, it, well, it started with the hand check. Then the hand check went. What did mm-hmm. Derek Harper do? In it, fact, the Der- the, they, the, they got rid of the hand check and they let the, you use the, the forearm. forearm. And then they got rid of the forearm. And then, well, I could use my forearm when you turned your back. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. You couldn't face up, and I gave you the forearm. Mm-hmm. But the second you turned mm-hmm. any bit, I could give you the forearm. Mm-hmm. Then they got rid of that, yep. and they've slow. Then they got rid of me being able to bump you when you cut. Mm-hmm. They're legislating the physicality out of the yep. game. Yep. It started, and you're right. It, a lot of it did come from mm-hmm. the Jordan and the Pistons mm-hmm. battles, yep. and then you go through the years and see how the league progressed, mm-hmm. and the league found it necessary. Yeah. To because open it, up the game. So. Because there was too there were too many eighty three to seventy two games. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you want when you watch your NBA, you want it's like you. I want, want hundred points a game. Mm-hmm. So, but the problem is, like I said, people want their cake to eat it too. You know, they want their cake and eat it too. It's like they want that physical, that physicality of the game, but they also want hundred twenty three to hundred ten. But see, here's the thing: go back and check some of the box scores from the '80s when those games were a lot more physical. Mm-hmm. You'd regular, the- you'd regularly see. 110, 115, oh, yeah. <laughs> 122, 117. Mm-hmm. Guys made shots then. And I'm not, and that's not me saying, and that is exactly how I could say it. They actually made shots. You could not get to the NBA, especially as a 1, 2, or 3, point guard, 2 guard, small forward, mm-hmm. unless you, you could shoot, mm-hmm. period. Guys now, they're like, oh, I see the potential. Oh, he's an athlete. Oh, he He'll can learn do this. How to shoot. He'll, He'll learn. Yeah. Nah, back then, you went to college three, four years and proved that you knew how to play ball on both sides of the court. We weren't drafting 17, 18-year-olds saying, we'll teach them how to play. That's the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. That, to me, is the biggest difference. We were Your mm-hmm. rookies who came into the league and sat for two, three years because they weren't ready to play, we're 22 and 23 years old. And coaches who believe in that are out the league now. Mm-hmm. But truth you know, be told, there, I don't know a single player ever who wasn't better at 22 than he was at 18. Mm-hmm. Who wasn't stronger, quicker, and smarter at 22, 23 than he was at 18. Agreed. LeBron was better at 23 than he was at 18. Mm-hmm. Tracy McGrady at 23 was great. Tracy McGrady at 18 has said he questioned whether or not he should be even, even be in the league. It wasn't his talent. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't ready. Jermaine O'Neal. Mm-hmm. C- classic example. People and, thought Jermaine O'Neal was a bust. And later on in his career, he became better. Mm-hmm. But early on. Yeah, when, when he was Jermaine O'Neal in Portland mm-hmm. versus Jermaine O'Neal in Indiana. Exactly. 
You know, that's that's the, you know, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. But, you know, I was talking about like a lot of the people people complaining about lack of physicality and wh- whatever. And I thought a product, you know, a byproduct of a lot of that physicality was fights. Mm-hmm. Fighting. You know, you talked about, you know, you couldn't be that physical and not be prepared to know that fight's probably coming. No, like, ser- like seriously, and I really mean this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you wanted to play ball with the really good players, mm-hmm. you had to be willing to fight, mm-hmm. period. I agree. You didn't have to be willing to win the fight. You, you, didn't, had, to, you, had, to, you, you didn't, had to show that if you it came down to it, you, you weren't were ready gonna, to throw, yeah, you had to throw I wasn't going to let you punk me. I yeah. wasn't going to get bullied and back down. Because yeah. the second I back down, you, you, you got okay, me. You're done. You're done. You're, done. you're You got done. me. Yeah. Agree. Now you're just going to keep getting up in my face and be like, yeah, he's going to back down. He don't want it. Mm-hmm. And that was- and then they'll start talking about it. They'll start talking, oh, no, he don't want it. He don't want he it. He don't want it. Go right he don't want it. Exactly. He don't want it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he don't want You know, then you, then you got a whole, you got five guys on the other team talking about he don't want it. Mm-hmm. Then you got your teammates like, yo, what are you, what's the problem? What's wrong with you? But they've they effectively legislated mm-hmm. all of that out the game mm-hmm. by taking away all the physicality. Mm-hmm. Now – I get touched a little bit. Ref, what's going on? Mm. Throwing my hands up and <laughs> flailing everywhere, and like you, you would have been laughed off the court for flopping before back mm. then. Like mm. people would have looked at him like, "Well," and people would accentuate it when they took a charge. Mm. But there was actually going to be a charge in there. Yeah, you know, mm. things like that. It was. But then I, I guess the the flip side of that for me, the flip side is. You you hear people want to rush to call NBA players thugs. <laughs> that's that's the go to word. Mm-hmm. You know this guy. You know any any type of you know any type of misbehavior, any type of you know just misstep. Is this really where you want to go right now? Sure. All right, let's go there. All right. So let's be honest about some things right now. How many of these guys want to be rappers? <laughs> no, seriously. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm saying like almost all of them. How many of these guys want to have tattoos and, and the, the whole mm-hmm. thug look, carry themselves with that image? Okay. Yeah, a lot of them, most of them. Mm-hmm. I can't. All right. If, if I see a woman standing on the street corner, in some red leather booty shorts, fishnets, stilettos. What neighborhood are you hanging out in? That's my point, mm-hmm. though. If I see somebody on the block looking like that, she not she can't be mad at me for thinking she's a prostitute or a lady of the night. Mm-hmm. If I present myself like, all right, let's be honest about it. Let's let's be honest about it. Because we're, we're, we're the hip hop culture glorifies being a gangster and a thug. Okay. True or not? I hear what you say. Just make, make, make your point. Go ahead. So, for people, and I'm, I'm not saying this makes you a gangster or a thug, but when you're pre- presenting yourself to people on the outside, mm-hmm. when they see this look, this image, the way you're carrying themselves, mm-hmm. and their limited exposure to it is what they get from the mainstream of these rappers talking about guns and drugs and being a thug and womanizing and all that. Mm-hmm. That's a natural reaction. 
I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's educated or informed. I'm saying it's natural. The same way if I see a woman dressed like that on the street corner, I'm going to think she's a lady of the night. She might not be. She might have just came from some Halloween party or who, whatever. She could be an undercover cop or anything. Mm-hmm. But when I see that and that and when I see you present yourself that way, mm-hmm. you can't be mad at me for thinking that way. Okay. So for these young athletes, many of them who come from communities where some of these behaviors, violence, guns, drugs, that things, do flourish, might not be these kids. These are a lot of times the kids who chose to go the other path. Mm-hmm. But they still want to come from these communities and say, I'm real and I'm from this hood and that. Mm-hmm. And then you get mad when somebody associates you with the rest of that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you can't you can't have it both ways. Okay. And, and that's all I'm saying. So I'm not saying these guys are thugs or criminals or bad guys, mm-hmm. but I can't say those are my people, that's my crew, that's who I roll with, I'm keeping it real, mm-hmm. and carry myself in the same manner, and then be mad when I gr- get grouped with them. Mm-hmm. Okay, but on, on the flip side, I guess, as far as the game of basketball, mm-hmm. because, yeah, you know, you're going to see somebody, people are going to have their opinions right. based on... People. I want you to finish, but I want to I make sure, because I... I I don't want to use euphemisms in this conversation. Okay. I, and I'm guilty of that myself. Okay. Let's be real about what we're talking about. Young black men in a mainstream sport where, like it or not, most of the people with the money that funnels into the league, mm-hmm. that pays their salaries, are not from the same communities. Okay, yes. The, you're looking at people from very different backgrounds. Yes, yes. You're, 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 you are talking about rich white men. Mm-hmm who bankroll a sport that is... And I'm not just talking about the owners. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the people who buy the boxes. Oh, yeah. The people yeah. who buy... You, don't, yes. you and me, and we are not the ones sitting in $2,000 seats on the front row. Well, I haven't even been to a game this season. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that's no. not that's and not. if I the, am, I'm in the cheap seats. I'm in the nosebleeds. That's not you and me yeah. or the average people from our yeah. communities. Yeah. That's, no. Those aren't... Mm-hmm. The, uh, well, what I'm what I'm saying is, you know, those perceptions, mm-hmm. you know, those perceptions. You're, I'm not even sure if it's even possible that that basketball can even possibly get to a point where you're going to dispel those stereotypes and those concept uh, misperceptions or whatever those views. People are going to view, the, you know, right. uh, there's, it's it's too it's too prevalent. It's been going on for too long. It evolves with the time or whatever. Because it's like one point it was the baggy jeans and the, and mm-hmm. the boots. So, you know, it, it was that. So they, so you push that out. You, you do whatever you can to regulate that. Mm-hmm. But now you got how NBA players are dressed today. Mm-hmm. And there's still, you know, there's still those those, those but, complaints, but but let me, let me make my point because what I'm talking about <clears throat> here is style of play. I'm talking about basketball, mm-hmm. whereas you have a, a certain level of people talking when you 
there were people when when the game was more physical, especially when you're talking about the like '90s when you're tran- when it was the Jordan Bulls against New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. I think it kind kind of started with the Bad Boy Pistons, but really as the NBA shot out in the in. You really want to know where it started? It started when Bird wasn't the best anymore. Okay. That's where it starts. Okay. Because the Bird's Coast thing, mm-hmm. Magic was the clean cut, big smile, friendly, super nice personality guy. Mm-hmm. And Bird was the good old boy from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Then it slowly starts to transition. Like, as you say, like with the bad boy Pistons beating people up. Mm-hmm. And being led by Isaiah Thomas, who's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And abusing Michael Jordan, who, whether whatever he was behind closed doors, mm-hmm. kept a squeaky clean public image for mm-hmm. most of his... Like, Mike had a brand on his calf that most people didn't know he had because he covered it up with a sleeve. Mm-hmm. Mike, did, Mike would take little steps like mm-hmm. that, like, yeah. just to make sure his image stayed squeaky clean. Mm-hmm. Mike knew whose money he was trying to get. Mm-hmm. And he was honest about it. Yeah. Republicans buy sneakers too. He he knew where mm-hmm. his market was. Yeah. No, you're you're you're, abs- you're absolutely right. And I think you you see people and then you get to AI. <laughs> like there was that transition, yeah. but then you get to AI mm-hmm. who was unapologetic with it. Mm-hmm. I'm a thug. And it, whatever you want to say about AI, there's no way you can say he didn't present himself as a thug. I think, well, to to your point, because I feel like I'm, you got, we're trying to get to, mm-hmm. to AI. I'm not even at 96 yet. <laughs> we're working our way yeah. there. I'm, I'm still 90, 91. Yeah, that's when you see. That's when you start to see the transition. Yeah, you're, you're talking ninety nine as you transition from Jordan versus Jordan versus the Bad Boy Pistons mm-hmm. to now Jordan versus the 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 Pat Ewing Pat Riley Knicks. New York Knicks, mm-hmm. where people thought the Knicks were going to be that second coming of the uh, of the, the Bad Boy of the Pistons. Bad Boy Pistons that could be physical and beat up. Yeah, but I, I but honestly, I. At that you point saw, in Mike's career, he was too good. Yeah, agree, agree. But I think honestly, the dynamic of that, the dynamic of those games, were you know, people liked. You know, you had Michael Jordan, you had Scottie Pippen, who, who represented finesse basketball, even though they're they were multifaceted. Like I, you can't pigeonhole Mike. I don't like to call it finesse basketball, though. Well, I think that was a perception. I'm not. That's not my assessment, but I think that I think I think that's it, what that's was, what people call it. That's what it, people represent. I it was skilled, mm-hmm. but it wasn't finesse. It wasn't. Finesse. I think a lot of people considered it finesse. I'm not. But right, as opposed to the Knicks, yeah, you might have called it finesse. All right, well, in, indulge me that so I so I can make this point. Okay. People kind of that's what what people viewed it at. Like my like Michael Jordan's game was masterful. Mm-hmm. It was poetry in motion. Absolutely, it was classic music. Mm-hmm. It was your Beethoven. Whereas the New York Knicks, the Bad Boy Pistons, that was hard rock. Okay, that was hard hit. You know, but there was. I feel like people want to remember it differently. Like when you look at basketball now, and you look at the lack of physicality 
and what they've done to regulate physical play out of basketball. People want to go back to the bad boy Pistons and the Knicks and say, oh, you know, let's get back to that. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that there was more negative backlash to that than people want to give credit for. Whereas now that you're right. You're absolutely right. Here's the thing. Like we, we talk about now, you know, the AI, you know, the AIs and whatever for the way that they dress and how they presented themselves. Mm hmm. Isaiah Thomas wore suits. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas was probably as, as as a person, but as clean cut as they but, came. But, but let me but say, they used to but, call hold, on, but, hold, hold on, I have to say this right quick. Isaiah well, Thomas was they called but, Thomas, but, but, but there's, there's a reason I, I mentioned two things: one, how they dress, all, but two, also how they carry themselves. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah would wear a suit, but he that whole team carried themselves like they're the tough guys. Mm-hmm. The including and it was led by Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Isaiah came up with the rules for the the quote, the quote unquote Jordan rules. Beat that man up. So Isaiah, while he stayed clean cut, people knew he was cutthroat killer. Mm-hmm. So so people knew. But what I'm saying is, people knew he was a cutthroat killer. But he still had his fair share of critics. There are people who thought the bad boys were thugs, but that's my, that's my point. Mm-hmm. Like even even though they were, like Isaiah had the look of a, being clean cut, mm-hmm. people knew by how they carried themselves and how they acted, these are the tough guys that'll beat you up. Mm-hmm. Don't be fooled by the look. Mm-hmm. Now, Mike would beat up his teammates in practice, <laughs> mm-hmm. but Mike knew how to carry himself in public to avoid that perception. Yeah. Mike was no soft guy. Yeah, the bad boys embraced it. Mm-hmm. The bad boys embraced it. Pat Ewing and Nick. And that, to but, a, to but, a, but to your point about the backlash, Mike saw the opportunity in carrying himself publicly as a professional. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. Now, now let's not call those like now. Nah, like I said when you started this, I was like, I don't like calling those Bulls teams finesse mm-hmm. as much as skill, because. They would bring in three seven footers a game and tell them to take all six of their fouls. Mm-hmm. They, they were going to hammer oh, yeah. you. They would hammer you too. Cartwright, you know. Cartwright, Will Bill Winnington, Bill Winnington, Will Purdue. Those guys, those, those yeah, guys yeah. weren't there to score twenty a game. Yeah. They were there to take block some shots, get some mm-hmm. rebounds, and take their six yes. fouls. Agree, agree, agree. When, when they brought in Dennis Rodman, mm-hmm. it, you, we all know what the worm was going to do. Yeah, you know, he's going to get it. He's going. He. he he was gonna get under your skin. He was going to get rebound. You know, he was going to get those tough rebounds. He's gonna play your big man even tougher. And then Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, at the height of their powers, were the two best perimeter defenders in the league. You don't get to be that in the old school league by being soft. Yeah. They just knew how to project their images yeah. so that the perception of them. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, they're nice guys. They're mm-hmm. they're clean cut. They're mm-hmm. just they just are intense and want to win. Yeah, I, I, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and and I'm not saying that any of these newer guys are bad guys, mm-hmm. but business is business. Perception is perception. Mm-hmm. If somebody walks into your house and wants them to pay you to wants you to pay them to do a job in your house, mm-hmm. and they look like 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 they're disreputable, mm-hmm. you might tell them, no, oh, I'm good." Yeah. No, all, all, I, all I am saying is you know, perception is always part of the as, job. All I'm saying is, as people, and because we get, uh, we're actually almost time. We gotta get get out of here soon. Hey, it happens. It good, happens. Good but, conversations. Yeah, it goes like that. The point I'm I'm trying to make is, as people try to 
people want to long for the way basketball used to be. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is it wasn't always what the basketball that they longed for wasn't as loved as they remember it. Like there were a lot of people who complained about the bad boy Pistons. Yeah. There were a lot of people who complained about the Knicks slowing games down to 83 to 70. But see, that's, but that's the thing. They they would slow games down and beat people up, but you're probably still looking more like 92-88 than 83-72. to 72. Mm-hmm. You'd still see games into the high 80s, into the 90s, mm-hmm. because you were dealing with high-skilled players who could shoot the jump shot consistently. More than anything else, everyone on the team could shoot the jump shot consistently, so you had a way to deal with the physicality. That's what the one thing the jump shot did in that league more than anything else. It gave me a way to stretch defenses, create space, and give me room to work. So you're saying we want to – The physicality actually requires a higher skill set to deal with. So basically what you're trying to say is you went through this whole – we we went through a whole two-hour show just so you could criticize Ben Simmons for not taking a jump shot. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, no, but seriously. No, I hear you. Like, the lack of physicality in the game – Opens it up, opens it up, so players are able to display their skill sets. Mm-hmm. But that having that physical physicality in the game actually requires players to have a higher level of skill to deal with that. So there are two ways to look at it. I can either want to see the players show all me that flashy stuff, like when I'm playing a pickup game and nobody's playing D and everybody can cross over everybody. Yeah. Or I could actually want to see the pe- the best players at their very best because we're pushing them the hardest. I hear you. And I think that's where the debate between old school and new school ball go- comes. Okay. Well, you tell us what you think. You've heard the show. You've heard the debate. You've heard the conversation. Hit us up on Twitter. O underscore D underscore discourse. That's Mike Jones. It's John Brown. No, that's Mike Jones. That was John Brown that said that's Mike Jones. Let's try this one. That's Mike Jones. Come on, man. I uh, threw that lob up to you and it just went right over the rim into the... That I was a, a turnover. I, I got a message you sometimes. And, and you enjoy it, too. Man. I do. That, that's the problem. Because you knew where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You know, whatever, <laughs> guys. All right. Hey, you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the sports. We'll be back next week. Peace. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.